Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Saturday the 13th of February. My name is Ben and I'm very pleased to be joined once again by Andrew. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. Back back from injury. I had a couple of days illness, but unlike Jack Rodwell, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you, you've returned to the fold much more quickly uh, than, than <laughs> Jack's Rodwell or Robinson or indeed O'Connell. I, I always like when um, Wilder gives us an injury update and he says about Jack. Yeah. I'm like, which one is he talking about? There's <laughs> three of them. It's got to be O'Connell. Please be O'Connell. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a curse. I didn't really put that together, actually. The name Jack is a bit cursed for us this season, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, so no more. Don't mm. sign any more Jacks uh, is, is the plan. Jack Lester, no. We don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, a bit late in the build, as, as you mentioned. You were um, unfortunately under the weather. I'm very pleased to report, as, you, as you've indicated there, that you've made a... Well, pretty much a full recovery, so that's... yeah, I reckon I could do seventy minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could do a moose. You could get get through seventy yeah. minutes. I'll probably give you moose too much credit there, I suppose. So multiple things to talk about. Obviously, uh, there was uh, a game since we last spoke, which was the FA Cup fifth round tie with Bristol City, which we're going to tick off and get through that, and then. Um, I think something that we will talk about in possibly more detail is is this week's memorable match, which I am very much looking forward to discussing, and that is a dramatic win over Hull City in April 2006 as Sheffield United headed for promotion to the Premier League. Um, So we will get to that in the second part of the podcast, but let us talk about... Uh, another win in the FA Cup in 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 the present day that is not dipping into the past. Yeah, a uh, a one nil win over Bristol City through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. You know, go for the um, the second time in, uh, in consecutive seasons, I should say. Um, not a match to uh, to stir the spirit or uh, from which to draw too many conclusions. I'd say no. is, is that how you saw it. I've seen a couple of different things to this. Obviously, like I said, I've been off, so I've been in bed just scrolling through Twitter for a couple of days. But I've seen like, some people like saying, job done, professional, well, that's it, you know, 1-1-0, one, one, comfortable. And then I've seen other people saying, that just shows next season we're not going to be good enough, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> like polar apart from uh, polar apart views. But for me, it was a 6 out of 10 performance. We did more than enough to win. I think we could have stepped it up a gear. I don't think we were great by any stretch of the imagination. I thought I was quite disappointed because I think we could have we could have been a lot better in terms of an attacking sense. But on the flip side of that, they had one real chance, which I think is that Naki Wells thing. I know Ramsdale saved one, but that would have been a good finish. Mm. Um, but the Naki Wells way should have passed it. Other than that, we were so comfortable. Yeah, I think that's like the most positive thing I can uh, I can say is that we we didn't play particularly well, but we still looked like. Vastly better than Bristol yeah. City, who you know, in all likelihood, we will be uh, playing again next season. Probably, yeah. They're probably not a very good Championship team, um, as we as we said last week. They're they're probably in a slightly yeah. false position, as in they're too high in the table at the minute. Um, yeah. But we we looked significantly better than them, and I know it was you know it was a uh, I think that was the strongest team we could put out. We we tried something a bit different, didn't we? Well, yeah, yeah, we, we're excited to see that as well, actually. Yeah, we went back to the. Uh, I, I sort of sometimes forget that that is how we played in the championship. Except we had um, uh, it was it was obviously Norwood and Fleck rather than Fleck and Lundstrom as we started in, in this yeah, one, yeah, and, and yeah. Duffy as a number ten. But yeah, it's um, McGoldrick playing behind Brewster and Sharp. I was excited to see that. Can't honestly say that I thought it worked particularly well. Am I? My issue with this is I think McGoldrick is it. 
he's brilliant at picking up space. And I think that role negates that, if you know what I mean. Mm. I think because he's in the free role anyway, people are picking him up. The best thing about McGoldrick is when he drifts back into midfield and no one's picking him up and his movement off the ball is fantastic. I think when he's already in a midfield position, that sort of stops, you know, because he's just there anyway. Yeah. And, and it's Sharp or Bruce is not the sort of two player. I'd like to have seen McGoldrick there with, with McBurney up front because obviously he's someone who drops deeper. That could have caused confusion. You know, with McGoldrick going forward sometimes and then McBurney mm. dropping off and all this. But I think with Sharp and Bruce, they're basically being what? Johnny on the spot strikers, aren't they, really? They're not sort of players who are going to come deep and then spread it out like McGoldrick does. I don't think it really... I don't think... I think McGoldrick were good when he was on the ball, but I don't think he was as effective as he normally is when he's up front. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it, for sure. I, Yeah, I, I, the first half was a bit... Half was a bit sort of... Just a bit bland, a bit slow, I thought. But at the same time, we should really have been a couple of goals up, I thought, even for yeah. not playing particularly well. Um, that yeah, man, Jaden Bogle, yeah. again, uh, you know, he's he, he really is looking like a... Just a player with really massive potential. I need to remember he's only twenty years old as well. But I, yeah, I keep remembering that. I, I, I keep forgetting that. Should I say that he's, he's twenty years old? I mean, people talk about losing George Baldock in the summer um, because obviously we've got two. If we're going to sell players, you're probably going to say him because Bogle's obviously ready made a placement. If people, but now Bogle's playing that well, and I know it's only early. I think Premier League teams might even be looking at him. If he carries on this sort of form, because he's twenty years old, the potential there is incredible. Yeah, I, I hadn't considered that at all, but it's, it's not a bad shout. Out. Yeah, to be honest with you, yeah, I'd love to. Fi- I'd love for us to find a way to get both of them in the same team. Oh, this is it. I mean, I was talking to Eggy like we were on about it, and he was saying, um, "Can we play in midfield up front anywhere? Just get them both in." <laughs> it's like two of our best players, aren't they? Really? So yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, he practically does play up front at the minute. That's in these you know in these games where we're playing against the t- you know a team like. Uh, like West Brom, like uh, like Plymouth, like um, yeah. Bristol City, yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's just really good going forward. I, lo- I love his confidence to you know try the little the little pirouettes, the dribbles, and he, he sets up a great chance for uh, for Max Lowe with a nice little run yeah. and, uh, and through ball, and Lowe unfortunately lifts it onto the bar instead of under oh. it, and then um, he's yeah. off to celebrate uh, Max Lowe as well. <laughs> yeah, should be this. Actually, the commentator said he'd not scored in his career, which I yeah think, is that right? I'm sure. It's not That's what Jod- Jonathan Pierce. If I forget, massive <laughs> shout out to him for that no, long <laughs> list of players that he went through when he his first ever away game. Because he's a Bristol City fan, isn't he, Jonathan Pierce? Oh, I didn't know that. Fir- yeah, yeah, and he was saying his first ever away game, Sheffield United away. And if anyone didn't listen to it, he just reeled off both teams. I imagine. Well, it seemed like he was doing it off the top of his head. I don't think he was reading any notes or anything. Yeah, he was certainly doing a good acting job if he was reading his notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my heart sank a bit when I heard that it was Jonathan Pierce, but I have to say, he did uh, he did amuse me somewhat during. That I, I don't really mind him. I think his knowledge is really good. I remember he used to do that Channel Five football show. Yeah, and he used to come out with just little facts at the top of his head. He's like, whoa. You know, that, where, where did he get that from? <laughs> so I think he knows his stuff, and then I think they replaced him with John Barnes, which weren't quite as good. Yeah, still uh, still, still miss him on Robot Wars. That was the uh, <laughs> the peak of Jonathan Pierce. Um, Wikipedia tells me that Max Lowe has scored for Aberdeen on several occasions. So uh, Maybe he said English football. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, but yeah, Lowe hits the bar. Bogle himself has a good chance from an Ampadu cross, which he... Uh, 
It, is, it just seems to be... It, we should add this to the bingo card, really, shouldn't we? Uh, Bogle having a free header inside the box, like, coming in yeah. at the back post. It's amazing how many times this happens. We're not just the headers where the ball will come in and it'll be Bogle on the end of it in the six-yard box. And I keep thinking it's Brewster yeah. in this game. I kept thinking, that's Bruce. Oh, I know it's nice, Bogle. What's he doing there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, that is a real skill. You know, it's not like, um, you know, it, it's not like Wilder's told uh, Bogle something different to Baldock in terms of get no. get into the box all the time. It is that's his skill set of seems to be timing his run and finding that space and just mm. getting up and down the uh, the far side. But yeah, I was uh, I was impressed with him for sure. Um, Definitely the biggest positive I felt, Bowen. So nil nil at half time. I mean we we came out <clears> with a bit more intent in the second half, I thought. And yeah, we had a couple of good opportunities. There was a one uh, that gets pulled across and Sharp misses it and it's just behind mm. Bruce through. I think might have been offside anyway actually. But then yeah. we finally do take the lead in a, a situation that I, I couldn't believe didn't go in in the first place. I think McGoldrick really should have had <laughs> three goals, I think, in this game yeah, at, very, yeah, yeah. at various stages. I think I've, I've missed one of his chances. He had that great shot from 20 yards that just curled um, yeah. curled away from the keeper and just wide. But anyway, we, we work this chance. It comes to McGoldrick at the back post. He shoots past the goalkeeper and gets cleared off the line. We get cleared off the line onto the bar, comes back to Lundstrom, who shoots, and uh, the keeper somehow lets it go under him. And uh, that gets kicked off the line. As it happens, the uh, Bristol City defender, Alfie Mawson, had uh, punched it onto the bar. VAR, give the penalty, and it's a red card. Never never really in doubt once uh, once that popped up on the replay, I didn't think. Yeah. I, I no, guess... I mean, it took ages again to do it. and I'm all... It's so <laughs> Why did they bring the referee over? I've no idea. It's 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 handball. I mean, yeah. This... I mean, it's obviously. It was, I mean, to be honest, when it, in real time, I felt I, I didn't see it. That's fair enough. I'm not having to go with the ref for missing it because I didn't see it. You know, and, and I think he, he he was so fast and everything. As soon as you look at that one, you think, well, yeah, that's clearly an handball and a sending off. And he's looking at it three times. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, maybe they were. Um, I don't know if they were trying to work out if it deflected onto his hand because. Uh... I guess if it if it hits him on like the thigh or something and bounces oh, up onto right, his own yeah. hand, then that wouldn't have been handball. Right, so. Fair enough. Yeah, may, maybe that was it. But yeah, it did, it did take a very long time to work that one out for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fortunately, uh, and, and I know you then you get into the debate about like fairness over whether um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. VAR at some grounds or another, which obviously the um, uh, Bristol City manager was not uh, too happy about afterwards. But then it's like, well, I think I think he said something like, you know, if that had been at Ashton Gate, it wouldn't have been given. I'm like, well. Yeah, so there would have been a massive mistake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't. I've seen a couple of people say this about it's not fair being one ground and, and others, and I can I can see it, especially if it goes to a replay, which obviously we haven't got replays this season. But you know, in the future, if we go stuff, I can sort of see because you're not playing with the same rules. But it's a one-off cup tie for me, and mm. I don't really think it matters that much in it. I think if it's a league game, that's fair enough because over a season, you have to have, you have to abide by the same rules. And I think, but I think in one-off cup games. I'm, I don't really bother me that much, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like uh, you know, it, it, it's not like we play in a different way because we have VAR, is it? It's not like you know, we, the rules no. affect the way the game is played. It's just the way it's officiated. But ultimately, yeah, if the referees get yeah. the decisions right, then uh, it should be fair for both teams in theory. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Penalty given. Sharp buries it. Sharp's uh, on a good little run of penalties, actually. I remember... I've criticised his penalties before. I think a lot of us have. Because I think, especially in these League One days, 
his penalties weren't the greatest. I think he had a, he had something like a two in five ratio. I think it was in League One. Mm. Um, sorry, of missing, which is not great. Yeah. Uh, but you've got. Five, I, I never felt it was more. He always went down the middle, didn't he? Every time, but he's mixed it up. And uh, yeah, brilliant penalty. Yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, I do remember looking. I think when we were in the championship, and he was about a sort of seventy percent success rate yeah. through, through his whole career, which is slightly below average. But yeah, I think yeah. I think now it's up to. He's no Troy D, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a good penalty low to the keeper's right. Um, two this is where it all went wrong. I, were, I weren't. I thought up until this point it was probably a seven out of ten performance, and I think the rest of this were probably about a four after this. <laughs> so that was uh, that was two hundred and forty nine career goals for Sharp, and his, his fifth goal of the season in all competitions as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's uh, and McGoldrick's got six, hasn't he? He's got five in the league and uh, and one in the cup. Yeah, that's right. So what happened after this then that uh, sullied the performance for you? I think we all just thought we we're going to go on to win two or three here because they'd gone mm. down to ten men. They offered nothing at all before this. We were clearly the better team. And we just sort of... It, we, I, for me, we played like the guitar say, game done. You know, mm. we, it, it, I thought it was fairly... I, I don't like saying unprofessional because unprofessional would be throwing it away. But we were just really sort of lazy, I thought, in the last sort of 15 minutes. We didn't play with any sort of intensity. We didn't really create anything... I think if we want, and maybe that's the right thing, conserve energy. You won the game. They weren't creating anything, 1-0 or whatever. I do think we could have probably done a bit more, though, to be honest, in this final 15 minute or whatever it was. Yeah, what was it? I think it was like 25 minutes to go, something like that. 72 uh, minutes, I just thought, yeah. Yeah. So, 72 minutes it was. Am I looking at a different thing? It's 66. I've got- 66 minutes was when the penalty was scored, so uh, 25. Oh, right, sorry. I'm, it's 72 I'm on here. I don't know what side I'm on, actually. Hang on. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> 25 minutes with against 10 men, and yeah, as you say, we didn't really do much. I, I, have, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but I have actually missed uh, Bristol City's main chance, which was, I, I believe, almost immediately into the second half, and... Uh, Naki Wells. No idea what we were doing. He, he was free for about twenty minutes with nobody around him, <laughs> and decided to shoot straight at Ramsdale instead of uh, just squaring it for a, a probable tap in, which was very generous of him. And, uh, and I very said stupid. you, I text you, didn't I? Say, you know, I was angry on behalf of Bristol City fans with that. That was so pathetic from Wells. <laughs> it was pretty dumb, um, but we did win the game, and we do go through to the next round of the cup. I, just a word on Bristol City. I was. I thought they were really poor. I don't want to it was know, dreadful. pile Absolutely into them too much. Dreadful. But yeah, that was such a... It was such a lame effort because I said we didn't play particularly well. And, you know, we, we did... As you said, we our levels dropped a bit when we actually went ahead. And I know they've got 10 men and they're playing against a, you know, a Premier League team in name at least. But yeah, I... They played I've, better with 10 men, whether that was to do with us dropping off. or I mean, they didn't create anything, but they had a bit more of the ball and looked a little bit more threatening with pumping balls in and stuff. Before that, I've... I really did think Plymouth and Bristol Rovers were better than them. Obviously, they're not overall, but in the in you know the games that we played against the three, I thought Bristol City was is the easiest tie out of the three actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that'll annoy some Bristol City fans, won't they? Bristol Rovers. Oh yeah, gosh, def- yeah. <laughs> Rovers definitely gave us a harder game. Like I'm not. I even don't think there are many Bristol City fans listening. Fortunately, but <laughs> do you reckon? <laughs> well, I don't know, but yeah, I thought. Um, and their fans after were fuming about their their own effort. And De- I said, shout out Deadbacks. He made a great point actually on on his reports that he does. Um, he, he said it remind Bristol City reminded him of us this season, where the opposition playing sort of. 
you know, they're not 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 in the uh, not at the best, but they've done enough to get through because they were that poor or they were that easy to beat. And I think that's quite a good way of looking. You know, like we we've said on here, haven't we? Like teams were beating us one nil, but they probably could have won two or three if they wanted to. And that's how yeah. I felt with this, to be honest. Yeah, that is uh, that is indeed a good shout. Um, but there you go, the city of Bristol. We've completed it. Knocked uh, knocked both of them out <laughs> and, and Plymouth. So. Take that. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, all the same place. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Anyone left? Uh, Swindon, obviously, long uh, knocked out. Cardiff, not far. If I'm there, but, you know. Glastonbury <laughs> <laughs> um, got a team. Glastonbury <laughs> <laughs> FC. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do like how. So I, mean, I just want to say, like, you know, because I think we're, you know, I, I didn't feel like. I, you know, I wasn't buzzing or anything at full time after that. I was like, what a great win! I'm so excited yeah. or anything. But at the same time, that's our sixth win in 2021. Six wins in a little over a month. Yeah, I mean, more than we had last year, isn't it? I think. Uh, we had 10 wins in the whole of 2020. Oh, did we? Yes. Were that many? I, did, I thought we were only. Well, it were three. Five, something. Three in the cup, obviously, to get through to the quarterfinals. Oh, the cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and seven in the league. Three post lockdown. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, four, four pre lockdown. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to, you know, I don't want that to slip away because when we lost that game to Crystal Palace, I was wondering when the hell were we going to win another game? Um, yeah. And it, it was a yeah. real question of, like, oh my God, you know, what happens if Bristol Rovers upset us in the FA Cup? Which. It's not was not impossible at that stage, I don't think. And suddenly, and it nearly, well, it did nearly happen in a way, but it could have happened when it got to two two. You know, they could have had another chance, and we we panic and then we're out, and then who knows what happens after that? Yeah, that, I mean, then you write off three wins because obviously we'd have got knocked out of the uh, yeah. knocked out of the cup. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a good year so far. I know I, I like that we've stayed on brand all our, all six wins by a single goal. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, very fitting for uh, for our season so far in the sort of. Uh, High variance results-wise way that we play, I suppose. Um, you know, we don't tend to get hammered, and clearly we don't tend to uh, hammer teams from a scoreline perspective either. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I just wanted to make sure we all kind of are aware of that that we have won six games of football, and we're only on the uh, second week of February. So from where we were, yeah, I think it's important. Go ahead. So sorry, you're going to say I think it's important as well that. You know, we've, we've sort of criticised this before. We said it weren't brilliant. But I've seen some real overreactions about it, for, for my, in my opinion anyway, about how oh, we're rubbish and terrible and all this sort of stuff. It wasn't awful at all. It, it reminded me of... Do you know when we beat Hull 1-0 in the promotion season? Can you remember that game? You might not because it... So. Uh, no, no, I do actually. My goal penalty. It reminded me of that. The Hull were terrible. Hull were bottom of the league. And we, mm. we scraped past them 1-0. Rubbish performance. But no one cared because it were another three points. Yeah. We play like that you know, next season against these bottom half teams, uh, what Bristol City are, we'll win every one of them pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you're absolutely spot on, yeah. Um, there was uh, there was one more chance, which was for uh, Oli Burke, who came on, and he went round the goalkeeper. who had a, a strange old day, actually, the goalie, didn't he? The old, very, very nearly handled outside his box. To the I ex- don't know how he did that. <laughs> I'm not totally convinced that he didn't do it. No, you know, yeah. They showed like one replay and was like, really did look like he handled that but yeah. apparently went through his hands and hit him on the chest okay 
Um, but yeah, Burke, Burke goes around the keeper and then for some okay. reason decides not to square it to Fleck. He, uh... It was so obvious that. I, I just I, sat, I just sat with my head in my hands, like not in a like distraught, almost like a stress sort of position. Probably why yeah. I were ill after, actually. Like, <laughs> that, that chance just like just did me in. Holly Burke made you ill. Yeah, my notes for this, I've just got the word Burke <laughs> followed by six exclamation marks. That's like, I think that's all I needed to write down. But, yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. It, it, uh, it didn't come back to bite. And yeah, we go through to the next round where um, we will play Chelsea away, which is uh, not a ideal draw, but I guess it could have been worse. It's going to be the the third time we play Chelsea. Maybe we can give them a bit of a better game this time. I think they've got Atletico Madrid three days before as well, as it stands at the moment. Anyway, obviously it'll get moved to some mm. you know time, but I don't think they'll play the proper team. To be honest, but yeah, it was a much... reserve team's better than ours, unfortunately. So. Yeah, I know they made. Uh, I know Barnes. I didn't see all of Barnsley, but I understand that Barnsley gave them a very good game. Yeah, um, really unlucky. That was a much changed team for Chelsea, but it was still a very strong team. Yeah. As he said, the reserves are pretty good. Um, uh, this is what they say. It could. I think it could have been worse. I think Manchester City, Manchester United, even Leicester. You know, they, all these three teams. I think are, are possibly. You know, they'll probably go for it. This season, the, the FA Cup, because why not? They're at the quarters. They've got squads big enough, Man United and City in particular. I just don't think it's the highest thing on Chelsea's radar. I still think they're favourites by a mile, but mm. I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that we're out, put it that way. Yeah. One uh, one negative is obviously no Ampadu, who will not be able to play. Yeah. So, uh... But like I said to you, Keen Bryan did nothing wrong last time. So. <laughs> Absolutely nothing well, that I, I can remember. I just got scared in the background and they're showing that penalty decision right now. I don't know why they're showing this, but... Which one? That's, the, that's, the... that's spooky, that. The Keen Bryan, you passed into... Oh, uh, yeah. To they just keep replaying that. I don't know what, what they're talking about. I was got it on mute, but that's, that's freaked me out, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's very spooky. Um, let's quickly tick off alternative man of match. I think Jaden Bogle was the... Uh... Yeah, I think I'm going to go McGoldrick. He's one hundredth game, isn't it? What a signing! Mm. Yeah, unbelievable. The free, there's some good free transfers uh, in United. Well, in Wilder's tenure, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's it. We should we should actually have a debate about that. I don't know who's who's the best free transfer (sighs) signing out of. It's between him and Fleck, and Ender Stevens' honourable mention. I think um, him, Fleck, uh, Duffy, Stevens. I think they're the, the four, aren't they? Yeah, I, I could make a strong case for McGoldrick just for his goals. I think Fleck is a probably a better player, I guess. Yeah, uh, Fleck. Oh, I think Fleck maybe offered more because he's been there since League One. Mm. Uh, I might give him that sort of, you know. But McGoldrick, I mean, there's got a good uh, thing that I said the best free transfers of all time. But he, he'll be up there, like literally in our history. I think McGoldrick, yeah. brilliant signing. Love watching him play. Always rely on him. He's very rare. He has a bad game. Mm. Yeah, great shout. Uh, my nominee is uh, is Max Lowe. I thought putting another good uh, another good mm. shift going forward. And uh, yeah, I was I was I really willing him to stick that chance away because yeah. it's not had the best start to his United career. It's obviously tough circumstances. He's still pretty young. I know he's a, he's the the older of the two Derby lads, and he's twenty three, I think. But yeah, he's um, he, he looks like he's finding his feet a little bit. It's not uh, he doesn't look the finished article to me. Um, I would imagine he'll be much more comfortable in the championship if he's uh, well. I'm sure he'll still be with us next season. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a decent enough effort from him, and uh, hopefully he'll stick that chance away next time he gets it. Um, who who did you want in the quarterfinal? I wanted Bournemouth. I've just I've just been watching their game actually against uh, Forest. Finished nil nil. They didn't look great in that, but. 
when when the thing were going on, when the well, obviously the draw were made, and then there were Barnsley or Chelsea, we got, and everyone were cheering for Barnsley, weren't they? On uh, yeah. on Twitter and stuff like that, like come on, Barnsley. I just had this horrible image of Barnsley beaters in the quarterfinals to end this awful season that we've had. <laughs> I thought that'd be like the final bullet, boom. <laughs> oh, that that would be a, a killer one. Yeah, I, I I wasn't on board with that. That like, come on, Barnsley, like. Mm. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, it, it just reminded me of Hull fans all celebrating when they got us in the FA Cup semi-final. Yeah, um, which obviously yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that did pay off for them. They did beat us eventually, but just yeah, we uh, we gave them a bloody nose in doing so. And talking yeah. of Hull, I think it's time to uh, segue into that. So we'll have a very quick break, and then we'll um, get onto our memorable match. Quick break to tell you about one of the sponsors of Blades Pod, and that is Glistening Kicks. Now, if you ever look down at your shoes and trainers and think they need a bit of a touch-up, then Glistening Kicks is the service for you. They are a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can touch up any scuffs or imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. They offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service. So you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they also offer a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life, the Wednesday logo is available as well. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks to get a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back, and uh, it is time for this week's memorable match. And uh, it's it's even more memorable than uh, than I remembered watching the watching the highlights back. It's yeah. a, a much more exciting game than uh, immediately sprang to mind. But it is a three-two win over Hull City in April two thousand and six. United going for automatic promotion to the Premier League, and mm. this game comes with this is the fifth game from the end of the season, the forty-first game of the season Hull City yeah. at home and uh, yeah do, I mean do you want to can you remember the feeling coming into this one because just to, to give this this season in a nutshell United started in insane form we won I think we won 12 yeah. of our first 14 games and yeah that's the, right yeah and at that stage it was basically like promotion is there I mean you just have to be pretty average for the rest of the season and you'll probably finish in the top two and Which we is what were <laughs> kind of, yeah. There, there was a, a run just before Christmas, isn't there, where we won five out of six. But then it yeah. nosedived. At start of February, we went 4 1 home defeat to Watford, a 0 0 draw at Plymouth. We drew with Reading, who won the league by miles. Then we did win at Wednesday, but then we lost at home to QPR. Yeah, we drew nil. I don't remember that one, yeah. I don't, I don't remember that one. We drew at home to. Uh... We were 2 1 up. The QPR game, we were 2 1 up and we got a penalty, which Paul Eiffel missed. We would have gone 3 1 up. Um, and that would have been such a big. Because we were about 12 points clear at that point. Mm. And I think that result sort of knocked our confidence a bit and let Leeds, you know, have a bit of a bit of a snap back at us at that point. Mm and then the the next game we drew at home to crew uh, in the snow against uh yeah against crew and Akinbai mm. didn't dive for a penalty when he should have <laughs> yeah. been wrestled to the ground 
Then we lost two nil at Coventry in an embarrassing defeat, and then we lost two one. I went to that. Oh, uh, that. That's still. If someone says what's your worst ever away game, that's my. I will always go to that game. Yeah, I was at that as well. Um, it was it was pretty uh, shockingly bad. Yeah, I also fell over. It took five and a half thousand to that game as well. I'm just having a look now on the program. Five and a half thousand to Coventry yeah. away, which yeah. I think, yeah, we had like almost half the half the attendance. Almost. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, no, I'm completely wrong. No, there. no, there were twenty three thousand there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I fell over climbing up the uh, the steps to that one, so I should have known it was um, should have known rap. it was going to be a bad day. And then uh, and then we lost to Norwich, which I was also at and was also incredibly frustrating. Um, but then I we, think we hammered them, didn't we? And we were unlucky to lose. We really, I remember really good in the first half. Yeah. Um, Warnock in the program notes actually about that match said, "I've never come to Norwich before and battered them like we have today." <laughs> right. Even though they won there like three years previously, and we've been like three 0 up and stuff. Yeah. Um, we've won basically we've won two in the last ten uh, mm. leading up to this game. Something had gone in our favour though the week before, where we'd drawn with Stoke away one-one, uh, with Danny Webber getting a late equaliser, and Leeds had lost to Hull. Actually, the, ah. that same weekend, John Parkin, new signing, John Parkin, uh, he signed for him in January. I think he got four goals up at this point, which is not a bad return because they were struggling. Hull, they mm. were in 17th, 16th place. Sorry, yeah, but, but it's fine. So that result, matched with our draw, meant we were actually seven points clear with a better goal difference. With what five to play? Yeah, and I, I think this is this was <clears throat> there was a lot of like I remember being quite panicked about yeah, was, what we we're doing yeah. because. We'd been so far clear, and Le- it wasn't. I think it wasn't just Leeds, was it? It was Watford were marching. Watford actually had gone up to third because of the Leeds were mm. third the week before, but because Leeds lost the Hull, I don't. I ain't got the Watford result on Frey, but Watford must have won or drawn. They went above Leeds. Yeah, so I think because there was two teams breathing down our necks, it was like there's, there's double the chance that we're going to blow this essentially. Well, it's and- not just that. Crystal Palace were actually only. I mean, they were only nine points off us at this point. Mm. Which that's only two points difference between Leeds and Watford and Palace. So you know they're even a long shot for those, and they had a they were the preseason favourites, Palace, because they just come down for the Premier League with a, with a really good squad. Yeah, and it so it did sort of feel like uh, not falling apart, but certainly teetering at this stage. I think, weren't it? But yeah. all the same, going into this game, we were three wins from promotion. No matter what happened, if we won yeah. three of our last five games, we would be promoted. As you uh, as you said, their Hull had absolutely nothing to play for. They were uh, twelve points clear of relegation with five games to go, and uh, a mighty nineteen points off the playoffs, which is is quite impressive in the Championship. But, you know, I often joke you're only ever like two wins off the playoffs. It yeah. seems like. but they in, were in fairness to Hull, they'd been promoted consecutive seasons up the, to this this season. Mm. They, they started in League Two. Peter Taylor took over, and they went up in consecutive seasons. So it wasn't a really bad return from the first season back. Mm. Yeah, no, very much. But they were so. on a decent run. They'd actually only lost one in the last five. Okay, and uh, had beaten Leeds, as you said. Yeah. Um, so the teams for that day uh, with United hoping to uh, was this on? Was it Good Friday? This it was like every Easter. No, weekend, it's Saturday. It? It's a Saturday, was it? Just oh, right. a Saturday. This in my yeah, head it was Saturday, quite a yeah. kickoff, but um, no. The the weather was very. This is like four seasons in one game, if you remember. It was like <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. snowing at one end of the ground and bright sunshine <laughs> at the other. Yeah, it was a it, it was a, a wild day for um, a wild game. The teams, yeah. Paddy Kenny in goal, David Unsworth at left back, Chris Morgan, Craig Short in the centre, uh, Kozluk played right back, I believe, and then yeah. uh, Jaggy Elka, Chris Armstrong, Paul Eiffel and Michael Tong across the middle, Neil Shipley and Danny Webber up front. Um, for Hull, 
uh, Boaz Myhill. Oh, there's some good names here that I don't remember very much about at all. Um, <laughs> and I might get the team, the the formation completely wrong because it, it emerged that I did. I was not aware of this. Apparently, John Parkin was a defender who also played up front. Really? Is that? I that's... think he played central defence in this game. That's interesting, that because he's the one to watch in the program. It, I've not. It doesn't mention anything about him being a centre half at all. It talks about the beast and uh, <laughs> yeah. He says the Blaze defenders will know they've been in a battle this afternoon with parking up from. Oh, okay. So maybe he did play up from though. But it's got. Um, I'm looking on eleven v eleven dot com. It's got Alton Thelwell at, left, at right back, Leon Court and John Parkin listed yeah. as the defenders. Uh, oh, Damian, right. Damian Delaney, Andy Dawson, uh, Keith Andrews. Kevin Ellison. Yeah. Keith Andrews played for United, right? On loan? I met that one? No. No, Keith, no, Keith Andrews is Sky TV's championship. Keith Tracy, Tracy or Tracy <laughs> is who I'm thinking of, who we did have on loan at one point. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuart Green, Craig Fagan, Billy Painter, who we did have on loan. Yeah. I think. <laughs> did we? We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah. did. He, okay, he scored. I think he's got no goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure where Parkin was playing, but yeah, I, I did see this that he, he started his career as a um, as a, as a defender. Uh, in fact, I've got his, his bio open here actually. Um, yeah, he uh, yeah he played he played for Barnsley at first, didn't he? Um, played yeah, versatile like, player who can feature as either a central defender or a striker. All his appearances in 2000 to 2001 were at the back. Big and strong, he misses little in the air. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This this was uh, an excellent game. With I think United's frailty sort of uh, contributing to it, uh, the drama of it a little bit. Um, Hull went close twice from long range. Uh, Keith Andrews had one of those good ones that looks like it's gone in, where it, um, mm. it like bounces on the advertising or he's behind the yeah, goal. Yeah, I remember it's that one. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, Jaggy Elker at the other end, he almost nutmegged Myhill. Uh, Weber went close with a. I feel like it's a bit of a trademark of Danny Weber. He's sort of like he's running at the right back and he like ducks inside onto his right foot. And he did it so often, especially this season. He never. Mm. He seemed to not get away from it. Get, get away with it after this season, but this season in particular, every move is just him cutting on that side. Yeah. Um, actually, if I got, I think there was something I wanted to say about Craig. Oh yeah, Craig Shaw. Um, so apparently uh, Warnock gave him his debut like 17 years earlier or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like for not Scarborough. Is it? I think it was <clears throat> yeah. Scarborough, wasn't it? Oh, it's, of course it was. Sorry, yeah, Scarborough. They signed him for Notts County. That's right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, 1987. <laughs> Craig Shaw made his debut. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what, what, what's that making? 39 here? You... I think it was 39, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, 19 oh. years later. Um. Yeah, Craig's Craig's brother Chris also played for United. Remember him? Yeah, I do remember. I, I was used to quite like him. I was really I young, so people, older older listeners might say he was rubbish, but I was obviously really young at the time, and I remember quite liking him. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a right back, right? Yeah, right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was all right. Um, which, which made me think a bit of a tangent here. Uh, other pairs of brothers who've played for United, obviously the uh, the Quins. The Quinn. The, there's the Wagstaff brothers before my time. Uh, Shaw oh. brothers, obviously. Oh, Graham, uh, Graham and Bernard Shaw. Uh, can't think of any more off the top of my head. Yeah, those are the only two pairs that I've seen. I think, unless there's a, a more recent one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Wagstaff and uh, Shaw brothers were way back when. Mm. Yeah, there we go. Just a little tangent there. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, we did, we go one nil up. Uh, Neil Shipley's who was only reinstated to the team a few weeks previous to this, wasn't he? I think for that was it for that Southampton home game. Uh, give me one sec. I've just got the program here. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure we've discussed this before, where Warnock just like just completely lost control. He of actually the team. brought he brought him back. This is mad. He brought him back for the Coventry away game, but he played three up front for some reason. Okay. Well, we just uh, signed Akinbaye, hadn't we, about a month yeah, before? Yeah, he played Bayer, Shipley, and Weber up front against Coventry away. Jaggy Elkrott left back, obviously. Mm. And a midfield three of Nick Montgomery, Gary Flakecroft, and Arm- Chris Armstrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, to be fair, he kept him in the team after that. He kept him in the mm. team for the uh, 2-1 defeat against Norwich, where we played well, as, as we mentioned. And then... The Southampton win, and then it all sort of, you know, we 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 didn't lose actually after that Southampton game. Yeah, it just didn't feel like that was going to happen at this point. But no. uh, Shipley puts us ahead. A great bit of commentary by John Champion on the highlights. It, you, okay. It's that old dreadnought of a strike. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I'll come gets... on to John Champion later on. Actually, something he says in the in the uh, the, the winning goal that I found funny as well. Ah, uh, it's his um, gets his maritime reference in there. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, with Shipley putting his head. Um, then Mayel makes a great save off Danny Webber just for half time when Webber's sort of uh, in on goal. He pushes it over the bar. Um, into the second half, we go 2 0 up from uh, a great header from Paul Eiffel. Webber with the uh, with the cross and he just flicks it in at the near post. Yeah. Game over. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I thought this is it. We're just going to cruise this. You know, we looked a bit flimsy to begin with, but. 2-0 up, you know, thanks very much. This will be uh, another step towards promotion. I feel slightly underrated this season, I thought, or just slightly underrated at United. Full yeah, stop, really. Um, it's interesting with Eiffel, isn't it? it? It would really... I remember that, <clears throat> that season we played Brighton at home and he was getting so much stick in the first half and he's got a wonderful goal in the second, but I always remember the stick he got in that game. Wasn't well-liked as a player, which... It's weird with United fans. He, he were a bit of a flair player, I'd say. He wasn't sort of a, you know, he, he wasn't going to take 25 people and then put it in the corner, but he tried to attack, didn't he, all the time. And I don't know, United fans like their hard workers, don't they, quite a lot. And I <laughs> yeah. don't know if that was his best attribute. He looked like he'd sort of bottle tackles and stuff like that. It just wasn't his game. But he contributed massively to this season, in fairness to him. Yeah, do you know how many goals he got? It was like nine or ten, I think. Uh, give me one sec, I've got it here. Uh uh, Paul Eiffel, Paul Eiffel, Paul Eiffel. Um, nine goals. <clears throat> yeah, decent effort that playing as a nine twenty eight from right wing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked him anyway. I thought he was uh, a very decent player. It's interesting just to uh, tangent down this one. Um, I was just looking what happened next with Eiffel. We obviously got promoted at the end. He went to Millwall. He went to Crystal Palace. Oh right. Um, oh yeah, Warnock again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. So he we got promoted and then. Um, I don't know if it fell out with Warnock, but it was not in Warnock's plans. Warnock transfer no, listed it. I think he played the first game against Liverpool and maybe the second one, and then Keith Gillespie just came in and he was brilliant that season for, for mm. the majority. It gets frozen out by Warnock, transfer mm. listed, sold. His next manager at Crystal Palace, Neil Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been so annoyed. And I, yeah. think, I think he went straight back on the transfer list, basically, in uh, the following season. Yeah. So, yeah, God, he must have been so annoyed to see Warnock turn up again. <laughs> uh, but Eiffel makes it 2-0. And, uh, yeah, as you say, you're thinking just like, that's uh, that's it, we're just going to cruise home here. Mm. Um, Hull make a double substitution. Let me just get these names right. Stuart Elliott and, uh, and Daryl Duffy replace the two forwards. And within 15 minutes, both of them have scored, which I, I can't remember. Stuart Elliott, 
had a fantastic goal. I think he got 30 in League One the year before from the wing. Mm, he was their uh, top scorer this season as well. Yeah, I think he only had six at this stage. I think he struggled a lot. He, never, he was always one of those sort of players because I was probably a bit young and naive. You said, why aren't we signing him? That's Stuart Elliott. He scores every week. You know, you're watching the scores come in. <laughs> yeah. He used to score every week. And then he never... I don't know where he went after this, actually. But I remember he were, he were quite well thought of. Yeah. Uh, did he go to Sunderland? Let me just have a quick look. I'm not sure. Uh, it's not coming up on him for some reason. Well, almost on Lund, Hamilton Academicals. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough, as well. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, he went to Doncaster, um, mm. which um, that's that would have been Doncaster in the Championship under O'Driscoll, but he only played nine games for him, so mm. sort of had his peak with Hull, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's Elliot who scores first. So uh, Eiffel makes it 2-0 in the 52nd minute. They make that substitution on the 56th minute, and after 65, Elliot makes it 2-1 with... I actually can't work out who it is that makes this mistake for United, but it's just a bad one. I think it's Kozluk. It is Kozluk, yeah. Okay. Is, yeah. I, I didn't want to assume it was Kozluk, <laughs> but it, it's Kozluk certainly... goes to his left and then his right and he does nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cross comes over from the from the left-hand corner of the penalty box. It goes over the heads of both defenders and uh, both central defenders. Kozluk goes to clear it and just, just as a fresh air shot, basically, and uh, lands at the far post to Elliot, who really just... Can't miss, just smashes it into the net. Yeah. See, we were both at this game. Or you were at this one as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was at this one, yeah. Um, Which, can you remember where you were sat? I was in the cart this season. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I was hoping yeah, you were going to tell me you were uh, you were in the Bramall Lane. Although, actually, I think Bramall Lane end was just Hull fans, was it? Maybe not. I can't remember, actually, back then. I really, really can't remember. They certainly had uh, <laughs> a great view of this second half from that end, anyway. Um, for Let me just have a quick look in the programme, so I'll tell you how many away fans they've talked. They took 3,500 away fans, so that is both tiers, isn't it? I think so, yeah, because we didn't have... Uh... We didn't use to put fans in the sides, did we? Yeah, we went allowed it after the firework incident, were we? So... Uh, yeah, several years later. So that's yeah. that's 2-1. Uh, and yeah, the reason I wanted to ask where you were sat was because uh, I wanted to know if you got a good look at what happened next, which is a, a very, 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 very clear penalty shout by Hull. <laughs> can you, can no, you remember I, this? I didn't see it at the time, but I do remember being on the cop. We were right at the back of the cop that season. And I do remember knowing it was de- definitely a penalty, even from miles away, because of the way Paddy Kenny just sort of gingerly jogs back. It's like, <laughs> and just the way the the whole fans, it's not just like a penalty. They were outraged. I just remember them all going up like they'd scored. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they, they're sort of in on goal, and Kenny comes charging out, doesn't he, to try and get to yeah. it. And, um, and it ricochets about, and he goes to dive on the loose ball. I think he thinks he's got his hands on the ball, but what he does instead is he grabs the foot of uh, Stuart Green <laughs> and holds on for dear life. Yeah. Obviously, Green goes flying. The referee's six yards away yeah. and gives absolutely nothing. But, yeah, if you watch it again, it really looks like Kenny thinks, I've got the ball, and he feels something, you know, <laughs> plasticky in his hands. Like, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Not realising for a good few seconds that it's Green's foot. Yeah. Somehow this isn't given. I, I just... Well, who's the referee? 
Uh, that on here? It was Phil Crossley, who I have no memory of. Never, I, never heard of him. I imagine Warnock for in this particular game didn't didn't criticise the referee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah, um, actually, I've got a few quotes here. Uh, I'll, I'll bring in the Warnock one. And Warnock says, "I'm not bothered if Paddy took him by the waist." <laughs> that's what he said. Um, I like uh, so the the whole manager was Peter Taylor. Um, yeah. He says, "I've seen the video. It was an absolute stonewall penalty." And then I like this. We share a ground with Hull FC and they would have been pleased with that tackle. Hey, <laughs> yeah, but he, but I love right. Warlock. Warlock's just like, every time something goes against us, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. But I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned there, and this is very pertinent, that uh, Kenny limps away from this challenge and yeah. then he is, is laid out for a, a good while here. Mm. Um, and, of course, we don't have a... Um, we don't have a sub goalkeeper on the bench as no. uh, as Warnock never did. So, yeah, you're thinking Jagielka is going to have to go in goal here. We're we're winning two one. We're suddenly, you know, we're looking like we're on the on the rocks a little bit. And, yeah, um, and then I do clearly Mid- remember Montgomery warming up uh, mm. because he was going to come on and Jags were going to go in goal. Yeah, that's right. And then it is two all a few minutes later. You know, Kenny gets that treatment, but then they uh, they put another ball across the box. <laughs> Uh, the fella taps it in, Daryl Duffy, and and in doing so, he smashes Kenny in the head with his knee. Like it's horrible, doesn't it? Yeah, I, you you can't tell me he wasn't concussed. I, you can't tell me he'd get away with that in this day and age in terms of staying on the pitch, neither. No, not a ch- well. I would hope not. I mean, yeah, I think we're, <laughs> yeah. we're more aware of concussions well, these days. Aaron Ramsdale on the uh, Chelsea game, they were talking to him for about five minutes because he he went mm. down. Slightly dazed, Paddy Kenny couldn't see. And the yeah. ball was in the net. I don't know if you've seen the replay. And Paddy Kenny doesn't even know where he's looking. He's looking at the play. He doesn't. He just does not know where he is at all. Yeah. I've, I've I... Since uh, listened to him on uh, under the Cost podcast, funnily enough, with John Parkin, um, and he said he does not remember a single thing about the last twenty minutes about this in this game. Doesn't remember it. Didn't remember it at the time. Came off the pitch. He was concussed. Didn't know what had happened. Well, then a few minutes later, so it's two all, and I'm yeah. I'm just in bits at this point. I'm just thinking, oh, my God, definitely this like is that. the most, yeah. It's, it's, I think you, what you... got me here is, I think, I don't know what the, the results were going, but I do remember being quite worried because I, Watford or Leeds, one of them must have been winning. So I do remember being at the back of the car, sort of mm. proper nervous and thinking, this is the sort of game you throw away, promotion, because how would you come back from this? I th- yeah, I thought we were done. I thought this is just like, you, this is just such a bottle job that you, you can't recover mm. from this, you know. Mm. We, we yeah. were cruising against uh, a team with nothing to play for, who aren't very good, and now it's too old. Now our keeper's essentially, you know, just completely out of it. He doesn't even know what team he's playing for. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, Chris Morgan wipes him out. <laughs> I love the best thing about this challenge is when Morgan boots it away, flies into Kenny, and then just puts his hand up as an apology <laughs> to Kenny, who's just like dead on the floor. I'm like, sorry, mate. <laughs> I've got that written down as so Morgan's face is just like, oh, sorry, yeah. mate. Like, I don't know, like he's just dropped something on somebody's foot, that kind of thing, which is essentially what he did. So, he's, yeah, yeah, Kenny comes charging out. Morgan clears it in doing so, just like, just bodies him, basically, just body checks him to the floor. And, yeah, yeah oh, just, and, and, you know, just to emphasize this is all happening in a span of about six minutes, isn't it? It's just. Absolute carnage. I, I do remember the atmosphere on the cop being fit. All right, not it weren't sort of an incredible atmosphere. It was one of those sort of games where we were so comfortable. It's not exciting if that made sense. Mm. 
And I remember like a bit of cheering and whatever, you know, it was just, you know, basically just a, a regular game towards the end of the season, the championship. It wasn't the promotion game or anything like that. It didn't, it, it didn't seem, it was important, but it didn't seem like this is the big one that it sort of does now in hindsight. Yeah. But, and I remember the atmosphere on the cop when it went to 2-2, it was just almost silence. They weren't sort of shouting or anything like that. I was certainly where I was, what back of, what row, G or E or whatever it was in those days. I can't remember what exactly what gangway it was, but and I remember everyone just being silent, like sort of, oh no, you know, we've this is it, we've we've thrown it away. I think everyone in the ground thought that's that. Yeah, after getting away with a, a, such an obvious penalty, yeah, then they, yeah, yeah, and then it, it, if anything, it's worse because they equalise anyway, and then the keeper gets concussed, and then yeah, gets totaled by Morgan a few minutes later. Um, Warnock afterwards said, uh, "Paddy's dazed and doesn't know what's happening." I said, "Keep him on; he's normally like that." <laughs> he made a few runs across the eighteen-yard box, and that livened him up a bit. Unbelievable! That's I all mean, you need to do. I can't remember if Hull had any chances after this, but if they didn't, then shame on them because yeah. <laughs> you're basically playing me a goalkeeper in, in in goal who doesn't know where he's at. So I always I, I do think would it have been safer in a football sense to put Jaggy Elker in goal rather than a goalkeeper who doesn't even know where he is? <laughs> I'd say probably yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it probably would have done. Um, we should say when. Uh... When Morgan did clear that ball and uh, and wipe out Kenny, he cleared it straight to a hull man who fortunately heads it yeah. wide instead of into the empty goal from yeah. uh, from 20 yards or so, which would have just been the ultimate nightmare if he'd nodded that one in. There would have been no uh, no recovery from that. No, no. And Kenny's down again. I mean, I, I can't remember how much injury time, do you? I don't know. Uh, was, the, uh, I think we, yeah, I think we got the winner in like the 93rd or something and there was still... It, it, it was the ninety third, yeah, and then yeah, and we did play on a bit time after that. I remember like that wasn't the end of the game. It wasn't like our goal full time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we are pushing for a, a winner ourselves at this point. Cabra has come on. Uh, David Unsworth hits the post from the edge yeah. of the box. Great effort from twenty yards. And then, uh, as I say, Cabra's come on for Eiffel. Uh, the minutes. only sub we made, by the way, this, and I wonder mm. if this is still with Kenny in mind. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. Walnut loved lobbing three subs on and more than anything, <laughs> putting yeah. his attackers, two hundred attackers up for a bit like Wilder today. To be fair, in that sense, and he only made one sub, which is unusual. If you look down the back of the program, I think. I mean, I've not looked at this properly, but I think that's the only time it happened all season that he made one sub. The others, wow. he made at least two. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, maybe it was a. Well, I don't know. You think you'd use two, wouldn't you, and just save the other one for? I'm, a... I, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm only scanning it, but I'm ninety percent sure that this is the only game that he didn't make all at least two subs. Mm. All but we sub- had um, so going into injury time, you've got Shipperly, Weber, and Cabba on the pitch, and uh, and Cabba gets a chance. It's the ninety-second minute. Terrible finish. <laughs> One of the worst finishes ever. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, it, watching it back, it reminded me of Burke at Old Trafford. The uh, oh yeah, the first shot he had that gets blocked and cleared back to him. So soft and nothingness about awful, it. absolutely awful. I remember, He's... I clearly remember that. Obviously, like I said, back behind behind the ball, back of the cop, mm. and you're thinking that's the brilliant ball from Shipley just to see him, you know, lay it off. And you think it almost like slow motion. You're like, this is it. This is the chance, and he missed, and everyone was so deflated. If you look behind the goal and the People are just pointing and shouting and stuff like that. I honestly, I almost destroyed the seat in front of me. I was yeah. so angry, I couldn't believe it. Because he had a similar one um, against Reading uh, in the home game, which was late on as well. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, which actually was probably a better finish than this one, but also got saved. But this one is like... Very similar sort of positioning, weren't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets sort of stuck under his feet a little bit, but it's so... It's like he's just sort of... It's like he just stands on one leg and swings his other leg. There's no, like... I don't know. It, it, it's such a bizarre. The thing is, he's got action. time. He could take a couple of touches. Yeah, and instead he just sort of stabs at it, scuffs it straight at my hill. Who I think is surprised. If anything, I we're so lucky we get a corner out of this. I, I'm about to bring that up actually. Yeah, he should hold it really. Yeah, um, or you know, the guy that he pushes it back to is under no pressure at all because I think all our players have stood around like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, we should say it wasn't like an absolute gimme of a chance for Cabaret. It was like, you know, it was like 16 yards out somewhere, but yeah. it was just such an awful shot. And yeah, you're just thinking, this is the moment. Oh my God, no, what's he done? Mm. And um, it does get cleared out for a corner. And that corner comes in. Craig Shaw heads it goalwards. Weber forces a brilliant save on the turn. And then David Unsworth absolutely obliterates the net on the rebound, wellies it in, makes yeah. it 3 2. An absolutely vital goal, particularly considering the yeah, circumstances. This, game. this, this, this is the game now. Like I said before the match, it wasn't really built up as this is the one. Mm. After that game, you knew. I think everyone knew we, we'd done it because you don't win games like that if you're not going out. Basically, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because this is the. I, I think I'd spent most of the season being pretty convinced we were going to throw it away, and I do remember leaving the ground being like, "That's it." I think I, I can't. I've, I don't. Uh, my dad wasn't able to go. I don't think so. I think I rang him like straight up full time. I was like, "We've done it. Like, yeah. it's definitely happening this season." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. As you say, I mean, that, what did that maybe put us? Or I guess we maintained at least a seven-point lead, didn't we? With with yeah, four games. Did, to go. Yeah, I'm just. I, don't, I can't get the results up for that weekend. Actually, I should have done this before, but um, I'm pretty sure Wednesday lost as well because I remember coming home and singing Auntie Wednesday songs in the car. <laughs> uh, like as we were listening to Radio Sheffield, um, I'm pretty sure they lost as well that weekend. But I'll have, I'll have it here, mate. Hang on. They uh, they lost two 0 to Crew. Ah, uh, that, that sounds Watford like, sounds drew. Like <laughs> Watford drew one all at home to Luton and Leeds drew nil nil at home to Plymouth. So we would have gone. Ni- yeah, we went nine points yeah. clear. Two bad results as well. Obviously, you'd expect Watford and Leeds to pick up three points there. Luton were eleventh and Plymouth were fourteenth. So. Yeah, so that was uh, that was a, a big swing. That one. Um, I, I want to call out Warnock's strange celebration as the third goal because it, it looks down as well. <laughs> it, go, go on, I'll let you. I'll let you tell. It runs. <laughs> takes some. I presume chewing gum out of his mouth. Goes to throw it as a second thought of like, oh, I've got to think about the environment, <laughs> and then puts it back in again. <laughs> about the environment yeah it, it looks like he's about to throw his chewing gum on the pitch like yeah, yeah, who does looks, that yeah. <laughs> thinks better of it and just pops it back in I assume yeah I, like you I assume it's gum and not like a, a false tooth or something like yeah, that yeah he's like throw it and then he goes oh no better not actually that looks bad and puts it back in acting by he's going mad in it in front of him as well yeah one must have known he were on camera I suppose this, um, this, this is this. I did an article for Den Blades which are my top 10 commentary moments and this came in at number 7 I love the commentary from John Champion just wait there's uh, Tong, Shaw, Weber, and Unsworth. It's just like proper old-fashioned commentary. And I love it when he says, uh, uh, he says, uh, I was right down here. This is what it means right around the ground. 2-0, 2-2, groggy goalkeeper, nearly a penalty against them. And now in, that, in minute 93, the barrel-chester David Unsworth <laughs> sweeps them back in front. That is character. 
beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it is great commentary by uh, by Champion in this one for sure. I, I enjoyed the this. Just David Unsworth is basically just saying the fat David Unsworth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm not sure Dreadnought to describe Shipley is uh, is that charitable either. It's, oh, you know, no. Big old slow ship basically. <laughs> Which I mean, supposed to be fair, they are both quite uh, it's quite evocative descriptions of those two players, I suppose. Yeah, Rhino smashes it in. It was, of course, him who would score the goal that gets us relegated the uh, the following season. But that day, he was a hero. I really liked him playing for us. Um, and yeah, this it, it was it was quite a sweet moment seeing him grab this goal. I think, and yeah, mm. one of the one of the wildest goal celebrations when he smashed it in, just because of the the feeling that we'd you know our entire season of work was being thrown away in front of us basically and yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly wrenched it back and uh, makes it 3-2 um should say the final whistle blows and uh, the camera cuts to Paddy Kenny who has the the smuggest of smug faces i remember after this game the whole fans were slagging him i didn't used to do the view from at this point because mm. i just never I, I, but i did used to go on opposition forums i sort of went I think I mentioned first time I pod I did with you, actually, the reason I started doing the view from was because instead of getting the Sunday papers, what I used to do on a Sunday is go on opposition forums instead because I thought you used to get that little awful square, didn't you, in a, in a newspaper and a championship game saying, Sheffield United won today, 3-2, and that were here. So I used to go on the opposition <laughs> forum and see what they thought, and they hated him. I think it was the old 606 forum, if you remember that. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were whole city. And I always remember going on there and or some of the... Apparently, you were like giving him all sorts after the game, Paddy Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him like, yeah, because everyone was singing his name and then he's like patting himself on the chest, like, you know, that's yeah, me yeah, they're yeah, talking yeah. about. And, you know, just like, just openly grinning at them basically from 20 yards mm-hmm. away. I loved it at the time, but I can imagine it would drive you absolutely potty if you were a opposition yeah, I, fan. Yeah, I, sure. I always remember it was, it was proper vicious, that sort of. I mean, they hate us anyway, Hall, which I've discovered since when I've been doing the view from some reason. Mm. But yeah, they really weren't happy in that one. Yeah, but uh, a great feeling at full time when Unser smashed that in and the full time whistle goes. And yeah, as, as you said, I, uh, I thought we'd done it. I thought that was it. And uh, that was exactly how it proved we... Went and won at Cardiff six days later, and then uh, Leeds uh, drew at home to Reading, didn't they? Um, yeah, the following yeah. Day. I was disappointed with that. I don't know about you, but I wanted to win mm. it. I wanted to go up there. Yeah, I don't want to. Not to end the podcast on a on a bit of a bum note, but uh, this was an anticlimactic way to get promoted. It's it strange. This. Actually, I did want to talk about this. This is my this is my first promotion as a fan. Um, I guess mm. the same for you as well, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say, it was a bit anticlimactic. I don't know well, if it's just... Well, I think the difference here is, unlike the promotion under Wilder, which went back and forth with us and Leeds, basically from December, didn't it? Every week, we were second, third, second, third, and no one knew. We were top two, and I mean literally all season, yeah. yeah. We, all the way through, and from December, when it got to December, I think it, all of us thought, we were something like 15 points clear. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, we're, we are up. So you saw... It, it, it wasn't that release of excitement like, as it was when, for instance, when Leeds, when we beat Leeds away, we bash them. We never really had that one important game, if you get what I mean, with a rival that mm. meant so much. It was, it, we were almost too good earlier on, earlier in the season, yeah. to to enjoy the that outlet of emotion later on. Yeah, that's interesting that about like a an actual sort of rival because obviously Reading finished oh, sixteenth. Yeah. 16 points ahead of us, which um, is still a, still a record at that level and possibly... Did they lose only two games that season? 
They did. They um, they lost the first game, yeah. and then they lost on they lost to Luton, I think it was. Yeah, so, I they, lost, I, they lost the first game, and then yeah, because we were top, obviously, because we didn't lose for our first nine or whatever it was. Oh no, we lost one uh, in the first yeah. nine, and um, and we were top for ages, and then yeah, yeah. So it, it feels this always feels to me like a bit anticlimactic, a bit stumbled over the line. But then you look at it, it's like. We got ninety points. It was a ridiculous, right. unbelievable season. Which oh, is yeah. more than I mean, we. That's more than we got the last time we got promoted. And it's interesting. We we did the res- retrospective pods, obviously during the the first lockdown or whatever, and we didn't do this season because I think I don't know if everyone feels the same, but I certainly, I think I think you do, and I, I certainly feel like this. It it doesn't feel quite as exciting as other seasons where we didn't achieve anything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard one to fully explain that isn't it you know i, I don't yeah you talk about warnock you say like you talk about warnock the, the most exciting what, what's the what do you remember best the most fond memories of warnock it's not the promotion it's, it's, the, it's the three you know getting to three semi two semi-finals and a final isn't it mm-hmm. yeah this, and this I guess... is sort of his sort of second album that's all right you know it, it was good <laughs> but it weren't as good as that <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if it's because he's yeah he'd been here a few years and well quite a few years at this point. Yeah, this is what like his yeah. sixth season. Yeah, I think, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, there was that feeling of like you know are we still gonna because we'd been not very good the previous two years either. So there's that feeling of like really are we you know is this gonna is he ever gonna get us promoted? Like is he actually the man to do this? And he was yeah. a very divisive figure as we've talked yeah, about yeah, before. Yeah. And and yeah, you're right. Not not getting that sort of one moment that clinched it. Did make a difference, I think. Which again, we you know we didn't have that the last time we got promoted either. It's just we sort of did, didn't we, against Ipswich? It was like, all right, Leeds need to win seventeen nil in their last yeah, two games. Yeah, that, that we was. To lose I mean, them. that sort of we got promoted within a week. You have to remember the the Wilder promotion is the week before. We definitely definitely weren't going definitely, up. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't right. like a, we were definitely not going up. And within a weekend, that bank holiday weekend. We definitely were going up, but we still needed to clinch it. So the the roles it was so reversed to this, where we were top all the way through, and then mm. someone came. Oh my! Oh, they're catching us! Oh, they've gone again. It was more relief, I think. Yeah, indeed. So we we were one nil at Cardiff, uh, and then Leeds draw with um, Reading the following day, which clinches it. I think that was Easter, wasn't it? I think that was Good Friday. We went to Cardiff. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. In a uh, club. Yeah, then, then we played Leeds of all people the following game um, and drew one all. Well, and, I got again, sent off. <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't he? Yeah, for moaning at the referee. Absolutely I incredible. I remember my dad didn't go to this. He was going to a few games at this point, and I, and he said because I didn't realise Warnock could have been sent off because I wrote the match. I remember him saying, um, Warnock got sent off, didn't I? And I goes, did I? He goes, yeah, he's an idiot, isn't he? Like, he goes, well, it's supposed to be a big celebration, and he gets sent off at half-time. I'm like, yeah, it is bad. <laughs> yeah, just sum him up for a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So he, we he drew that game. He for the Liverpool game thinking about it because of this Leeds game. Say that again, sorry. He, he was banned from the touchline for the Liverpool game, the first game of the season in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. God, because of this Leeds that. game where he got sent off needlessly. For no reason, yeah, for having a Graham Paul. Yeah, uh, we draw, drew away at Luton the following game and then we, we beat Crystal Palace in the final home game with uh, Chris Morgan yeah. clinching it, which is a nice um, a nice sort of way to round off the season, I think. Yeah, I think we all wanted Brian Dean to score in that game. It was Brian Dean's last ever match, weren't it? He came on as a sub. And he nearly did, right? I'm sure yeah, he had Cosluck like a header well saved. And, yeah, I think Kozluk set him up. Kozluk probably shouldn't shouldn't have passed it. Mm. He should have scored himself, but obviously the 
you know the uh, the romantic in him passes it to Dean, and Dean didn't actually finish it off, but. Good uh, bully for Kozlock. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, we did end up getting promoted by nine whole points. So it wasn't like we, uh, you know, just just did stumble over the line. In the and end. don't get me wrong, I'll take this season next year. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just want to to introduce a, a slight wrinkle to this memorable match feature. Um, I want to I want us to come up with three fun facts about this game, which uh, I've actually uh, introduced one of mine already, stupidly, which is. Uh. Bad hosting I've kept by my me. powder dry here. Yeah, you, you've done a good job. I, I got overexcited and wanted to. Uh, it's when we started talking about Craig Short getting his debut. Yeah. I wanted to talk about uh, brothers who played for the Blades. Uh, um, let, let me give you this one to get you started. So I'm just going to read you the uh, the opening of the Guardians match report for this game. Um, so from 2006, obviously, it starts with Premiership awaits the wonder of Warnock. <laughs> and this is the opening paragraph. <laughs> Settle in for this. In a week when Judas Iscariot's reputation had a bit of a makeover, Neil Warnock relished an even bigger challenge by extolling the virtues of Sheffield United. The media might have moved on a bit since the age of papyrus scrolls, but give Warnock (laughs) an audience and he enters the realms of New Testament preacher. What? So I That's some sort of mighty boosh sort of thing going on here. What's in, going on? So that I mean, in a week when Judas Iscariot's reputation had been bigger, I was like, eh, like April two thousand six. What the hell happened? I'm so uh, confused. Did, would you care to have a stab as to uh, what happened there? Did we miss the resurrection? I don't know. <laughs> we were too too preoccupied with the whole game to realise that Jesus came back and <laughs> just before Easter. Yeah, I was. Um, so I, my guess before looking this up was um, maybe the uh, the the Passion of the Christ was released maybe that week. But okay, it was actually yeah. it was actually um, I think a few years before that uh, or after it. But oh. it was it was not that in April two thousand and six. Uh, I'm quoting here. A Coptic papyrus manuscript titled The Gospel of Judas from 200 AD was translated, suggesting that Jesus told Judas to betray him. So that was obviously in the news at that point. Some scholars question the translation, it says here, so that might be total nonsense, but that's where the God... strange link to Neil Warnock, that is, though. Absolutely unbelievable. I was just like, you know, doing the research for this match, I was just thinking, like, yeah, just, I, I like to just look up some of the old match reports, see, you yeah, know, see yeah, if there's yeah. any details that I uh, I don't remember. I just started reading it. I was like, what? Is he on about something about Judas? Like, eh? That's the most strange thing possible to include in this one. But there you go. That's, that's one of my fun facts, anyway, about this game. What have, what have you got for me? I can't match that, I've got to admit. My, my first <laughs> one's quite quite low-key, really. Um, two X, three, three X United players in the squad for Hull were Billy Painter, as you talked about. Ryan France was in the, on the bench uh, no, no for this game. Yeah, the legend and Matt Duke. But what caught my more than that was Hull City had on loan at the, for this game. He did actually make the bench. It was a young Mark Noble from West Ham, who obviously we play huh. on Monday, and he's still going. Yeah, he, he he was on loan. I didn't. I thought he'd been at West Ham all the way through, but he went on loan to Hull this season. But he didn't make yeah. the bench. That is news to me. I didn't know that he uh, he went on loan there or, or anywhere. Actually, it's yeah. a good shout there. Was, uh, was Matt Duke our like goalkeeper coach for a bit? I know. He yeah, he was. Yeah, sort of. yeah, yeah. Sheffield lad, I think. Um, yeah, mm. he, he he would start a career with us, I think, and never got a game, mm. and then went. He had a decent lower league career, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember. Uh, I remember following him as he uh, as his career went along. Um, and then the other, the, my my third fact is uh, is John Parkin related. John Parkin, of course, we talked about. I think in our last match, wasn't it? Our last yeah. match, the uh, the Preston one. So I, I I was surprised that he played in this one. I. had no memory of him playing for Hull, actually. Um, he 
almost missed his debut. I don't know if you know this story, but this was this was news to me. Um, it was uh, so. This is quoted from an interview that he said uh, on my first preseason. It got to the first reserve game. He was seventeen years old, uh, and it was just when they had started having five substitutes on the bench instead of three. Um, he says, I wasn't going to be involved that night for the game, so I met up with a girl who I knew ended up having a bit of a cheeky afternoon and then went for fish and chips. It got, I got to the game at 5 o'clock and realised it was five subs instead of three and I ended up being sub and having to come <laughs> on at half time. And obviously I just had fish and chips and uh, a nice afternoon with a lady friend. Have you seen it? I wrote Quickly Kevin where they had Colton Palmer on. And uh, there's, a, there's a story where Carlton Palmer, it's a similar story, but I don't think he's going to get picked for, for whatever reason. He goes like clubbing and stuff like that. That he's on the bench, came on a man of the match performance. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, the, the headline on this article is uh, How Not to Be a Modern Footballer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like Parkin um, uh, on, on the Under the Cosh podcast, to be fair. Some good stories and stuff. So I think yeah. it's good that you have podcasts with the, what I class the more, the more normal players. Yeah, you know, we all know, like, what. Uh, I don't know, uh, Teddy Sheringham or Alan Shearer is a career Ian Wright and stuff. But I, I quite like how they interview people that you you don't really think of, Chris Sedgwick or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely. Someone who's... Uh... My other two bits of trivia, uh, all three goal scorers who scored for us on this day never, would never score for us again. Hmm, that is interesting. How uh, do you think of that? Shipley, no, I thought... Unsworth won't nope. score a penalty lane again until you know what. <laughs> he missed. He obviously missed two penalties. Yeah, no, he missed one penalty League. against Blackburn. Oh, that's right. Webber missed the other one, I think, didn't he? Or no, Hulse missed the no, other one. Sorry, Hulse. Yeah. missed three pens that season. It's mad. Jeez. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Eiffel frozen out as he said, and Shipley, I don't think played in the Premier League. Did no, he? I never played in the Premier League. Went to I think it was Brentford or Leighton Orient somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah, in, in the lower leagues. That's, that's last... a good fact. Yeah, my last one is Chris Lachetti was on the bench for this game and he had not actually appeared for us yet mm. uh, since we signed him in January from Preston. He only played two games all season. He played in he played in the Leeds game and another dead rubber at the end. But the season after in the Premier League, he actually played eight games for us. So there's a bit of yeah. a Keen Bryan thing going on there. Yeah, I remember him being all right in the Premier League. Yeah, I think he... decent player. I mean, it, I don't know why he didn't play. Because obviously Short was, like as we said, 39. But even when Short wasn't there, we were playing Bromby at centre-half and stuff. You'd have thought Lachetti... Mm. I don't know, Bromby were decent as well, I suppose. Yeah, not too bad. But yeah, I thought Lachetti was uh, Lachetti was all right. Nice, I like that. A big big fan of the... Uh, that was their last ever goals for us. Certainly a significant way to finish their goal-scoring escapades but for the Blades. But I'll say Unsworth, not the last goal. Oh, cause my my, oh. my uh, early one was going to be the last uh, goals he scored at Bramall Lane, and then I did remember that Unsworth did score a particular <laughs> goal at Bramall Lane a few years, well, season after, in fact. Yes, indeed. Well, there we go. Uh, a, a really, really exciting game. You know, it, it didn't yeah. look like it was going to be that, to be honest, after about 52 minutes when we go 2 0 up. But yeah, absolute, just manic scenes. I mean, it, it felt like. I don't know, it almost felt like how I expect playoff finals to be, of like 
both mm. teams just like going absolutely hell for leather and you know people just completely losing their composure losing their minds you know mistakes at the yeah. back drama great goals and yeah it's uh, whereas playoff finals tend to be absolutely rubbish but yeah <laughs> this was uh it was a thriller that we uh, we came out on the right side of and uh, ended up getting the three points and ultimately promotion as well so yeah good uh, i enjoyed reliving that one mate I've, uh, no offense to uh the the current iteration of the blades and their their victory over Bristol City, but I was I think I was more excited to talk about this whole game than. Uh, well, as than, we speak here, I've just glanced at my TV and I see that Burnley are beating Palace away two and so we're definitely down now. Well, unless Palace comes sliding into the relegation zone, <laughs> yeah, you never that's, know. that'll be the next one. It's, it's Palace we've got to catch. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next game is West Ham away on Monday. Um, tough game, West Ham having a great season. I. I, I will still defend my pick of uh, Moyes to be the first manager sacked this season. He's done well, yeah. He's done very well, but I defend it on the basis that they had a really hard start and I could see them losing like seven of their first eight games or something like that. And that didn't really happen. They're uh, Yeah, they're a good team. We we were really poor against them at home, weren't we? I hope we can yeah. redress that balance. I mean, we had that one McBurney. But they've got a lot of injuries. But... I don't know if you've read mm. the view from I posted it today. A lot of injuries they've got. Hmm. Yeah, they, um, they're not the most they... confident. I watched them. Did they lose? Hmm. Did they get knocked out the United Cup? in that awful cup game? That was it. Yeah, which has already slipped out of my memory. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, not one to write home about by any but means. But they're on good form. They're actually second in the form table. Mm. And yeah. yeah, where are they in the turn? They must be like top top seven, eight. Um, like yeah, they're doing all right. They're on about oh, if we lose this, then our Champions League hopes are over and all this sort of stuff. So they're wow. doing all right. Give me a second. Um, yeah, the the second in the form table. Where six though? Six. Yeah, no, yeah, the six in the league. Um, yeah, yeah, they're only a point behind Liverpool, who've just lost at time of speaking. Mm, yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're having a great season. That's a that's a very tough game. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's probably one of our tougher remaining games, to be honest, isn't it? I know we've still got to play uh, yeah. Liverpool and, and Leicester, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if Burnley win this game, which you look like they're going to, um, Newcastle will be fourth from bottom, because this is Burnley's game in hand anyway. Hmm. Uh, Newcastle on 25 points, we're on 11. <laughs> so I don't know if there's any people still out there clinging on to this <laughs> fanciful idea that we can stay up but I think that yeah. uh, I think that I think we can put that to bed very soon to be honest yeah potentially but uh, yeah I hope we I hope we put in a better showing against West Ham there's uh, you yeah know, I'm, I'm not expecting uh, points out of that game but I just hope we're a bit more competitive than we were in the home game where we, I just we want to keep carrying seeing this improvement we're not going to stay up mm-hmm. but I don't mind that we've had a terrible start but I'd like to end this season by by writing off the start and saying that we're just everything went against us it snowballed it one of those things but now we're back to being a decent team because I think in the last month or so we've looked alright I don't think we've been anywhere near like last season but we've looked a bit more as expected us to be last season if that if you know what I mean like we look like a yeah. promoted side who's just come up who's lacking quality but you know, making it competitive and stuff like that, getting a few wins, but not enough to stay up. I'm, I'm, I'll accept that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can take that for sure. Um, right, where where can people check the view from uh, from West Ham, mate? That forthcoming view from at Panchero on Twitter or uh, at RoyViewFrom.com. I'm going to use your platform to promote my new yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I was about right. to uh, say, please, it's not a football do. podcast. To be fair, um, it's it's a podcast called Living with Maidley. Um, and it's about TV. I'll be posting it uh, on Monday. But yeah, girl, listen, it's just something me and my friend did uh, while lockdown's been going on. But we've actually got quite into it and a lot of clips and stuff. And it's just about TV memories and things like that from uh, 
from our childhood and beyond and stuff. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed doing it. It's the second best podcast around behind this one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to listen. So what are you, uh, are you posting all the episodes at once? Yeah, or? No, the, the first two will be out on Monday, and then we're going to be posting one a week. Uh, we're, we've recorded five of them already, so uh, we wanted to get a little bit ahead before we... Because it's not a hot take like, uh, such as this podcast where we have to mention something new. So quite a lot yeah. of editing with the uh, clips going in and things like that. But first episode's about Richard Madeley himself, one of my heroes, which you'll find out <laughs> if you listen. And um, <laughs> the second one's about adverts from my youth, uh, which advertise things that you remember the advert, but you can't remember what they advertised. <laughs> I, I really can't wait to listen to this. Is it, <laughs> it, what was it called again? Living with Madeley? Living with Maidler, yeah. I'll, um, like I say, I'll post it on, on Monday anyway, um, and we'll see where we're at with that. So, Brilliant stuff. Well, we'll look out for that. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Mark that one down for some Monday listening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks as always for your time, mate. Thank you. Very much uh, appreciate you uh, coming on to relive that whole game. And, yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch up next week. Well, thanks for getting me out of bed, because I've been in bed for two days. So <laughs> I've had to, <laughs> something to do here. So, but, yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. <laughs>